You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have a special treat for you. John McIntyre, author of the blog You Don't Say and a veteran editor at the Baltimore Sun, has published a delightful little book of writing and editing maxims, The Old Editor Says. And for today's podcast, he's going to read some representative maxims from his book, and I'll have a little bit of commentary mixed in. And now here's John with entries from his book, The Old Editor Says. The Old Editor Says... Reading other people's raw copy is like looking at your grandmother naked. When veteran Sun reporter Rafael Alvarez was temporarily assigned to the Metro desk, this was his verdict after his first week's experience. And from this observation, several conclusions can be drawn. First, from your editor as from your butler, there are no secrets. If you have allowed yourself to be lazy, careless, turgid, or sloppy, there is no concealing it. Second, everyone, everyone is capable of shoddy work, especially in the first draft. That is why writers need editing, and not just self-editing, but editing from an independent set of eyes. Elsewhere, the old editor writes, quote, You surely understand that a writer who operates without an editor is like an aerialist working without a net. Even the flying Walendas occasionally take a tumble. And with respect, chances are excellent that you're not a Walenda, unquote. The old editor says, Do I have a tattoo on my forehead that says, Waste my time? My former colleague Ursula Liu sums up sources of frustration shared by editor and reader alike. The writer who simply dumps a notebook into an article without troubling to sort out the significant from the insignificant. The writer who circles around the same point repeatedly. The writer who can't quite figure out what the focus of the article is. The wordy writer. The intoxicated with my own burnished prose writer. The tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them, writer. Readers who discover that they bear that tattoo have one quick expedient and they are not shy about resorting to it. They stop reading. If your reader does not have a tattoo on the forehead that says, waste my time, then you had better get to the point. No interminable pedestrian anecdote about someone the reader neither knows nor cares about. No taking the reader by the hand and gradually leading her up to the point. No filling in all the background back to Genesis 1-1. The clock starts ticking with the first word, and you have two, three, perhaps Four sentences to tell the reader what you're writing about, what kind of text it is, and why the reader should commit to reading further. You can be expansive later. 
Barney Kilgore of The Wall Street Journal said, quote, The easiest thing for a reader to do is stop reading, unquote. No one feels obligated to read what you've written. You have to earn the reader's attention, sentence by sentence. The old editor says, always honor the writer's intentions, if they can be discerned and make any sense. When you are the editor, you have to keep reminding yourself that it is the writer's story, not yours. Your task is to assist the writer in accomplishing his or her purposes, not substituting yours. That said, remember T.S. Eliot. Some editors are failed writers, but so are most writers. Few writers achieve their purpose without assistance. So you are obliged to divine exactly where the author set out to go. And when the author wanders off the path or gets entangled in the underbrush, you will have to clear the way. This entry echoes Wolcott Gibbs' famous advice to New Yorker editors, quote, Always respect an author's style, if he is an author and has a style, unquote. Hey, it's Mignon. Do you need a new literary show to add to your podcast queue? Well, then you definitely want to check out Missing Pages, the chart-topping and Signal Award-winning podcast produced by The Podglomerate. Back for a brand new season, Missing Pages investigates the most pressing topics in the book world today, from the rise of Colleen Hoover and book bans across America to the world of ghostwriting. Not to mention host and acclaimed literary critic Beth Ann Patrick interviews some of the biggest names in the industry, like New York Times bestselling author Jody Pico and Publishers Weekly co-editorial director Jim Milliot. And as the Washington Post and The Guardian said, Missing Pages is a, quote, must listen. And I agree. So don't miss out. Follow Missing Pages today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening now. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills, then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast, which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast in more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety, speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart, every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi. The old editor says, said suffices. Most of the time, nearly all of the time, in fact, it is fine to use said for attribution to quoted matter. It is seldom, if ever, 
necessary to write that someone averred, barked, chortled, gasped, intoned, noted, opined, quipped, snorted, wheezed, or whined. The old editor allows an exception for Ring Lardner, who wrote in The Young Immigrants, quote, Are you lost, Daddy? I asked tenderly. Shut up, he explained, unquote. The old editor says, Giving a reporter a thesaurus is like giving a toddler a loaded handgun. The restlessness that leads to multiplying synonyms of said is a symptom of the tendency that H.W. Fowler disparaged in writers for elegant variation. Such writers, he said, are intent rather on expressing themselves prettily than on conveying their meaning clearly. Their hands habitually twitch toward the thesaurus, by which they contrive to expand the sophistication of their prose without recognizing that they are substituting pretension for precision. One such writer moved the old editor to composition of haiku. Proud reporter asks, Don't you think it's lyrical? Shoot me in the head. One of the other forms of elegant variation is the needless paraphrase or epithet. The classic example is The Elongated Yellow Fruit by a writer striving to avoid repeating the word banana. Homeric epithets are best left to Homer. The old editor says, If the house you're writing about isn't Blenheim Palace, don't call it stately. Inflate your tires, not your stories. You're writing about some vulgar mini-mansion erected in what was a cornfield two years ago, inhabited by some jumped-up jobber who made a pile by flogging shoddy goods to the unwary, paid for this architectural excrescence, and allowed it to be decorated by his third wife, who is artistic. They may be what pass for gentry in your neck of the woods, but you needn't write about them as if they claimed kin with the Cavendishes and the Spencers and the Vain Tempest Stuarts. This isn't just about the word stately. It's about the writer's temptation to make the subject, and thus the writer, look more important. And it's a violation of the old injunction from fiction writing, show, don't tell. The old editor says, Be suspicious of all one-sentence injunctions about writing and editing. Those rules of grammar and usage you were taught were often misguided or flat wrong. Split infinitives freely. Put prepositions at the end of sentences. Those rules from whatever style book you use aren't statutory. They're guidelines. One-sentence exhortations, the ones in this little book included, are not adequate for the complexity of experience. What you need is judgment. And for that, gentle reader, you are on your own. The old editor says is available in both print and Kindle forms at Amazon.com. 
There's also a link to buy the book, a link to John's blog, You Don't Say, on the transcript of this podcast at quickanddirtytips.com. It's episode number 367, and its title is the same as John's book, The Old Editor Says. Thanks again to John McIntyre for sharing these tips. The whole book is delightful. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. Thanks for listening. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills, then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast, which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast in more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety, speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart, every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi.